up your ass, business ABC. Coming at you live on Block Talk Radio, my studio here in Lovely Camp, Washington. Welcome to the ABC podcast, where I take modern dating stuff and I'll disembowel it for your entertainment. If you want to call in, the number is area code 563-999-3596. Area code 563-999-3596. Call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Let's see. Uh, I almost didn't make it today. I almost didn't make it on time. There's a lot going on. Um, first of all, my computer kind of crashed minutes before this started. So I had to hurry up and correct it and then do and then put all of the stuff back that I had set up before the thing crashed. And so my desktop is a mess. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to... Um, On March 17th, Hunter... I think we're seeing now just how... I think we're seeing now just... heard you blame the Republican. So we're going to that... Okay, I'll find related content. No, so what we're going to do, we're just going to cut that out altogether. All right. Um, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to correct all this stuff. So I'm, I'm almost there, but yeah, so there's that. For today's show, what I wanted to do is, and again, this was going to be political. So, but when I bring up my TikTok, you know, it just gets to a bunch of, let's see what goes on here. Um, okay. So there's that. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to hit it, right? Okay, and then I want to do this, and then I will just hang on with me for a sec, and then we're right here. Okay, cool. Now we're ready to start. For today's show, I wanted to, again, do the Wednesday thing and read from one of these dating columns or whatever. And, you know, I just, I just kind of critique it and give my opinion on what's going on there. So this is what we're going to do again today. And then, uh, but I found one article and then I found a TikTok that completely contradicts it. And then it's going to go all along with what I've been talking about this week with the with what I learned with Valerie Bertinelli. And hopefully it's all going to make sense. And hopefully we can, hopefully the red pill, this red pill thing will actually take because what you're being told by me, different media outlets, and I got one here from Prevention, isn't what isn't what reality is. And I'm not sure what's going on with the gaslighting of single people, but it's something that really we need to pay attention to. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this thing from Prevention, and then we'll go to the TikTok, and then we'll... Um, and then we'll we'll see what's really going on there. So we'll do that today. Uh, but first, it really saddens me when I lose one of my flock. It does. And well, last night my beloved, my other beloved guinea pig had died. Judy. Yeah, you might say, "Oh, it's just a guinea pig," but understand something, right? The story of me, Rapunzel, and Judy. So, Rapunzel and Judy were two guinea pigs. If you've been on the show for any amount of time, if you're a P1 listener, you understand about Rapunzel and Judy. And you were here with me when Rapunzel died. 
Well, Rapunzel and Judy were two guinea pigs. And the funny thing about Rapunzel and Judy being my guinea pigs is that they were never really my guinea pigs, all right? What happened was when I first moved to Washington, with me and, when me and my ex-wife were still together, we moved to Washington. And we moved in November, just before Thanksgiving. We got up here. In December, my ex's father decided to buy my daughter a guinea pig. Right? That ended up being Rapunzel. That was and that was for it was for Christmas. So we got her like a few days before we got her like a few days before Christmas. And my daughter. So when we moved into our first place, right? We moved in with somebody. We moved in with my ex's uncle. And we had a room and all this stuff. So it was her her uncle has like a huge house in Graham. So it took a room and we had like a kind of a section of the house, but not really. But it was a section that was almost the size of the apartment I'm in. We, so we lived there. My ex's father got Judy for my daughter. I mean, got Rapunzel for my daughter. Um, complete with cage and all this stuff. Complete with cage and all the supplies. Well, about a week later, I think a little bit after Christmas, my ex decided to get herself a guinea pig, which ended up being Judy. So we moved Judy in, Rapunzel and Judy were instant friends. So there was that. About the time me and my ex split, my ex went to her grandma's house, but never took the guinea pigs, right? It stuck, it stuck me with the guinea pigs. So I went from having zero guinea pigs and never bought one to having two guinea pigs, right? Um, after I left the house in Graham and then moved into where I am now, I brought the guinea pigs because she my ex had no interest in these guinea pigs whatsoever, even though she bought one and her dad bought the other for my daughter. So I said, screw it. I'll take these guinea pigs. And then whenever you're ready, you can just come pick them up. This is my daughter lived with her mom then. So I was like, come pick up these guinea pigs because it's for you and my daughter. And I didn't buy them. You, y'all bought them. They're your guinea pigs. So I brought I ended up bringing them to the apartment. And she never came to pick up the guinea pigs. She never did. A month later, I'm like, can you come? Are you going to come pick up these guinea pigs? Because, like, this is, you know, my space. I had these guinea pigs. And, but she never did. The next month comes. She never did. The third month comes. I didn't hear anything about them. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll just keep them. You know, I'll somebody's got to take them. I've been buying food for them. I've been buying bedding for I've been buying all the stuff for them. I've been taking care of them. Screw it. They're my guinea pigs now. And so these guinea pigs were with me from the time me and my ex split. And now, um, and they were my companions and they helped me through, they helped me through all of my introspection and all of my emotional heavy lifting. They were there for me, these, these two guinea pigs. And so um, when Rapunzel died, you know, it was, it was a blow. But now that, now that Judy died last night and Judy was, Judy was old and full of years. She was six years old and, you know, watching the progression of her being a young, her being young and spry and popcorning all over the place. If you, if you're, if you don't get any pigs, you know, you understand what popcorning is. Watch her popcorn all over the place to, you know, becoming an adult and then, you know, just kind of calming down to her coming into old age and like, you know, the cataract setting in and, you know, the, the mobility issues and things like that. And so, um, you know, just watching her progress through the years, 
You know, she was six. She was six years old, and to a guinea pig, six years old is you know the equivalent of being like in the ninety in your nineties for a human. So you know, she was old and full of years, and you know, toward the end, it was just you know she just got kind of you she get she did get kind of needy with the attention and stuff, and I tried to give her as much as I can, and so um you know she finally uh she finally died last night. So you know. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna miss her. I don't think I'll get. I don't think I'll get any more guinea pigs just because. Um, or if I do, it's gonna be way down the line. But I just can't see replacing Judy and Rapunzel because they've again they've been here with me, from the beginning, and they've been with me through this whole transition that I went through, and they were with me when I started this podcast, and they were with me when I met my girlfriend, and you know, my girlfriend got attached to them, and. I have to break the news to my daughter, which, you know, that's going to be a thing because one of her rats died. So, you know, animals die. I saw this, I saw this, um, Facebook post and it was, it was crass, but it was really kind of apt. Whereas, um, whereas it said, <laughs> said about owning pets. Yeah. And it was about really, it was really about dogs and how they say, um, yeah, get attached to something that's just going to die in the 18 years and leave me heartbroken and devastated. Yeah, sign me up. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek. But really, you get attached to animals, and they die before you do. Well, you always outlive your pets. You get to, you get attached to your pets, you outlive your pets. And, you know, you watch your pets die, whether you put, a, whether you put them down or whether they just kind of die on their own. But um, remember the story of having um Jean Vies put down. Jean Vies was my ex girlfriend, one of my ex girlfriend's cats. You know, I was there for that. I was there when Jean Vies got put down. I was in the room with her, and you know, said goodbye to her. And watching how Jean Vies went out like a soldier, you know, she just had this look on her. She looked at me with this look on her face like I'm ready, and so I nodded to the doctor. Doc shot her, and she went down, and it was a. It was probably one of the most traumatic things I've ever went through. And I went through war. So, there's that. Um, when Stitch died, I couldn't see... Maybe it was selfish of me not having Stitch put down when it was, but I just couldn't see going through that again. And then, um, you know, just Rapunzel and Judy dying when they did. So, and I had a lot of, a lot of pets come in here because and they get old stitch was old stitch is like 16 i think john vm was almost 18 or something like that and so they're you know they're old they get old animals get old and they die so it's it's a reality of being a pet owner you know so so now it's me and this insolent cat named salem and my dog riley you know those are my pets. I never thought I'd get attached to another cat, but you know, I told you a story of Salem, and then Riley was just a thing me and uh, me and Haley did for another coworker of ours over at Boeing. Her dog had puppies, and she couldn't give her the last two, and so me and Haley said we'll take the last two. Haley took Minnie, the dog with one blue eye, one brown eye, and then I took Riley, which is all black with the with the ghost markings of the of the husky. They're both Pitskies, by the way. Anyway, I didn't. I'm not doing this show. To talk about pets, but you know, the point still the point still remains. You know, you lose a pet. That's a really it's a sad thing.
So I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss you, Judy, and you know just know that you were loved. I hope you felt it. On to the lecture. Now I found this I found this article in Prevention and it pretty much sums up what it pretty much sums up what what kind of what I've been saying this week. Because it's from Prevention Magazine, and Prevention Magazine says, here's what two women over 50 who never married wish they could have told their younger selves. And I, kind of, and I started to read this before the, before the computer crashed, so I didn't really get too deep into it. Um, so I managed to read, I managed to dig it up out of the history, and now we're going to go through it together since I didn't get a chance to read it before the show starts. Now I'm going to get a chance to read it, so the first time I'm reading it is actually right now. So, we're gonna go through this together, and then um, we'll we'll do another thing. We'll do we'll do a TikTok react, and hopefully, I can get it to where when I upload it, it'll all make sense. But remember what I told you yesterday? Well, all this week, I've been telling you all this week about being old, hitting the wall, and not being married, and understanding that. See, remember what prevention the magazine doesn't get. Well. I don't even know because I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the contents are. I just read like the first, I just read like the first, I think, paragraph or paragraph and a half before the computer crashed. But a lot of these blogs and periodicals and stuff, they want to glamorize, especially if, it, if they're feminist blogs, they want to glamorize being single when you're older. And there's really nothing glamorous about it. There's not. Right, you know, I've seen. There's just, I've just seen example after example after example of, of how it's not being glamorous. How it's not glamorous being single when you're old. It's just not. All right. Now, what they want to tell you is that oh, it's so great, and you get to do things your way, and you don't have to answer to anybody, and you can just go, you can just do whatever it is you want. And honestly, would. I want to ask women out there, would you trade that in, right? Would you trade that being able to come, come home, being able to walk around naked, whatever, whatever they say you can do when you're single that you can't do when you're married, which I don't understand that at all, but would you trade that in for the, for the opportunity to not die alone? Because when I hear Val, when I heard Valerie Bertinelli speak, it smacks of a panic of the realization of that you're going to die alone. When you're 50, again, you're middle age. Again, you're understanding that you're not getting attention from men the way you want. Again, you're finding out that men, the men you do get attention from the few and far between, aren't really into marrying you. And you understand that you have baggages and traumas and things like that, which is the reason why you're single. And the fact that you made certain life mistakes like getting divorced when you're older and not really putting money into a portfolio or anything, you realize that the end of your life isn't going to do your legacy much justice. You have a legacy at all, right? So what I want to do is I want to read this and I want to see what it says. I just want to, I want to finish reading what it, what it says and share it with you guys because I just want to, I just want to match up what it says versus what I, I learned. 
Okay, so it says, so this is prevention. It was written by, this one was written by Mary Grace Taylor, published in 2017. So it's kind of somewhat recent. But it says, here's what two women over 50 who never married wish they could have told their younger selves. Plus, all the ways their decision to stay single to childless has affected their lives for better and worse. All right, so it says, Mindy Salkin has had four serious, four serious relationships, but she never felt the need to tie the knot or start a family. I don't think that's right. I think that she had four serious relationships and the men didn't feel like. I read an article, I read an article before that I was going to share, but I decided not to. But the article was base, basically said that it's the men that don't want to commit. So, again, whose fault is it? Is the men not, not wanting to commit? Excuse me, let me let me just adjust this real quick. Is it the men that not, don't want to quit, commit, or is it the women? This one says the women. The other one, the, one that, the other article that I read said the men. And I tend to lean toward the men not wanting to commit for obvious reasons. Let's see. I never thought about living in the suburbs and having 2.3 kids. I think that's cap. It just didn't have any meaning to me. Well, and it, well, no, it depends on what age, because if you ask a 20 year old about a suburb and 2.3 kids, they're gonna look at you like you're crazy. But if you ask a 30 to 35 year old, you will have a different answer. So again, context here would be great. It just didn't have any meaning to me, says the Philadelphia-based running coach and owner owner of the running center. Um, the marriage and kids route wasn't right for California-based therapist Lisa Bahar either. I was too immature to commit, she says. During my childbearing years, I would probably not have understood the value of parenting and nurturing. I needed to grow up a lot. And this is, wow, what is this again? I got, I just got a news flash across my screen. Can I get it back? No? Okay, let's see. Ben says Trump cannot give closing argument. And that's probably for the better. Um, when you... Bahar's story, I mean, Lisa Bahar's story, she says she was too immature to commit. And it goes back to what Valerie Bertinelli said about being young and goofy and wanting to have fun. Yeah, okay, I believe that. She was too immature to commit. During my childbearing years, I would probably not have understood the value of parenting. True. Some women just don't think about the don't think about it, so they don't understand it. A lot of women, they are they aren't taught the they are only taught to go to college, get a career, get your degree, get a career, go far. They're not taught from their mothers, their single mothers. Or even the ones that have well no, the ones that have fathers are taught. They are taught and they end up being good wife material. This is why a marriage to somebody who was, grew up with a father and the mother in the house have a longer have a longer chance have a higher chance of lasting longer. I'm just saying. Um, let's see. During my childbearing years, I would probably not have understood. I needed to grow up a lot. I believe that's true. Now over fifty, over fifty, both women have a, enough hindsight to reflect on how the decision to stay single and childless has affected their lives, mostly for better. I think that's cat, but we'll see. Sometimes also for worse. Here are the most important lessons they've learned at what stage which they their younger selves knew. All right. Number one, some people will make snap, snap judgments about you, and it's true. When you go against the norm, of course, snap judgments are just the that's just the coin of the realm. So duh, right? 
So just because you're comfortable with your singleness, uh, I think that's cap, but we'll see. Just because you're comfortable with your singleness doesn't mean that everybody else will be. No, it's not that everybody else is uncomfortable with your singleness. They wonder why. Like, why, why haven't you gotten married? Especially since marriage is supposed to be the pinnacle of love and commitment, right? How can you didn't find anybody to commit to you? What the hell? So then the questions start coming. Is, is it him? Is it them? Or is it you? Well, if you have a lot of relationships that failed, like this one, the one lady had four of them, well, what's the common denominator in all of those relationships? Her. So it's not, it's the, some of those snap judgments are actually legit. Whether you're comfortable with your singleness or not, you have to take a look at the you have to you have to take a look at the lowest common denominator. I mean, math is a thing. As long as, I mean, as far as I know, math is still a thing, right? Let's see. In general, people need to figure you out and put some kind of label on you. No, it's they need to figure you out. Yes. But it's more, instead of more putting a label on you, it's trying to figure out how you came to be against the norm. Let's see, Bahar says, that in my experience has been the biggest challenge, feeling like people are thinking, what's wrong with you? Exactly. What is wrong with you? If you don't think anything's wrong with you, that's narcissistic, that's classic narcissism right there. You might never, number two, you might never come up with a good answer for why you're still single. If you can't come up with a good answer for why you're still single, again, narcissism, narcissism, right? Because you have to be able to do the introspection, figure out your lowest common denominator, and figure out that what it is about you that's not making people want to commit to you. So if you can't come up with a good answer for why you're still single, that means you're, you're in the middle of narcissistic personality disorder. Let's see. Being unmarried, being an unmarried childless woman doesn't exactly make you a unicorn, but as you get older, it's uncommon that most people will feel the need to ask questions. You might still not have the wise or interesting answer for why you opted out of marriage, why people opted out of marriage for, to you, right? They never, they never put that flip side of the coin up because this is all about making women feel good. But the truth of the matter is, yeah, either you opted out of the marriage, which most times for women. It's not true. The men opted out of marriage to them. Because remember, men control access to long-term relationships and marriages. So this is the case. Why would she opt out of marriage to somebody that commits to her, that wants to commit to her? I'm just saying. Uh, And that's okay. Let's see. Continues, though, and that's okay. I'm not sure what to say, Bahar says. It was just happenstance that marriage and family didn't play out in the form most would expect. Happenstance, huh? So you can't take any responsibility for your for your actions. And this is what I'm talking about, these narcissistic women. Narcissistic modern women. They can't take responsibility for any their part of anything. Anything. I always say about my ex, she's allergic to taking accountability for anything. And I tell my daughter. And my daughter says, oh, no, she's not allergic to it. I'm like, she's allergic to it. If I tell her to take accountability for her actions, she'll break out in hives. That's that's how deep it is. Let's see. You'll be Okay, here's another one. You'll always be able to do things your way. Women, if you're single over, if you're over 50 and single, how many of you would trade the ability to do things your way for the prospect of not dying alone, having somebody next to you who loves you when you die? I'm just saying, right? Um, let's see. 
You know the feel. You know that feeling in your early twenties of being completely, totally free to do whatever you want. When you stay single and childless, that never goes away. Think about Valerie Bertinelli says she's sixty-three years old, thinking that she's that same young goofy girl, right? However, when she looks at the prospects of what's in the future, see this that line doesn't address the future, and this article it, as a whole isn't it isn't going into it doesn't explain the future, right? It just says it's just. It sounds like it's just all about now and how I feel now and not, well, the future may be, well, I don't know, because I, again, I haven't read this whole article. I've read, already read past the point where my computer crashed, so I'm just feeling this out still. So you know you're you know that feeling in your early 20s of being completely and totally free to do whatever you want? When you stay single and childless, that never goes away. You don't have to report to anybody and your time is your own, Sulkin says. Whether you want to eat ice cream for dinner, travel to Timbuktu on the drop of a hat, or drop way too much money on an, Amer an amazing pair of shoes, you can do it without having to consider a partner or kids, and it can be pretty great. Speaking of amazing shoes, okay, um, it's an advertisement, but let's address that because there's so much cap in this paragraph, it's ridiculous. Now, let's see. Whether you want to eat ice cream for dinner, you can literally do that when you're married. Nobody says you couldn't. Um, and if your husband says you couldn't, it's probably, he's probably a fitness guru who thinks that eating ice cream for dinner is, is on the fast track to being, to getting fat, but whatever. Travel to Timbuktu at the drop of a hat. Most of you, most of you women can't do that anyway. It just takes way too much money that you don't have or drop way too much money on an amazing pair of shoes. Again, go back to my show about putting money away for the future. What part of this, what part of this? exudes financial responsibility what what part of it what part of this encourages financial responsibility you want to drop a, a load of money on an amazing pair of shoes instead of your instead of a portfolio that will give you a long-term return uh, an amazing pair of shoes won't they'll wear out they'll wear themselves out in about six months you drop a boatload of money on a trip to Timbuktu, which you got to come back, which you have to come back from eventually, and then face your life alone. Only because, only except resources, resources are finite now. So the money you spent going to the thousands of dollars you spent going to Timbuktu could have been put towards uh, your for, your financial portfolio and used the money from the returns from the financial portfolio to go to Timbuktu. I don't know. This is, this is this is shaping up to be one of those articles. Let's see. Your relationship status might be good for your career. Oh, oh. So let me get this right before even reading the paragraph. Let me get this right. Your relationship status makes you great fodder for being a worker bee, for giving money to the government, for making corporations wealthy, right? And here's the insidious part about that. It's not like you're invested in corporations and you're making the you're making the return on those investments so that when you work for these corporations, you actually get some of the money you actually get you actually get paid from the corporations plus the money back from the returns on the investments. No, you'll do that. You're just making you're making some CEO wealthy. You're making the government rich because you got to pay the taxes there. Your check, your paycheck is only a fraction of what the CEOs make, a fraction of what these government officials make. But your relationship status is good for that. And this is supposed to be a good thing, right? This is supposed to be a great thing. This is supposed to be what women want to work for a court, to work 
for just to pay taxes to the government and to make and to make the corporation money without even getting a return on any investment in the corporation. Okay, uh, got that. Let's see, not having time to devote to a partner spouse means that you can throw yourself into work 100%. Wow. Yeah, because at 50 years old, that's what you want to do is work for 60 to 70 hours a week. Again, remember what I said about the, remember what the Bible says. Remember what the Bible cursed, um, remember what the God Bible cursed Adam with and that women you co-opted just trying to be men. Upon the sweat of thy brow, thou shalt eat bread. Thorns and thistles will the earth produce for thee. Well, let me let me not because I don't have the exact wording in my in the in my head, but basically thorns and thistles will the earth produce for thee, um, and upon the sweat of thy brow thou wilt eat bread, and you'll do that until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou thou shalt return. That's what God told Adam. It's a paraphrase, but that's what God told Adam, and y'all co-opted this, and now this article right here is telling you that that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't get it, and this is what this is what this is what passes for good good advice. At fifty, you throwing yourself one hundred percent into your job, a job that you're probably burnt out anyway because you've been working there since you've been thirty. Okay, let's see. It can give you a unique perspective too, as a marriage and family as a marriage and family therapist. I actually feel my experiences shape shaped me to have this role to provide an objective insight to my patients, says Bahar. So your only value comes from what you can provide to people. Welcome to men's world. Let's see, you'll own you'll need to learn how to take care of yourself. If you don't know how to take care of yourself by fifty, then I understand why it is you're not married. I'll just say that. After all, you have a partner. You won't have a partner who will automatically step up when you need help. Welcome to men's world. Uh, that's true for the big stuff like crisis or financial problems. Financial problems abound, trust me. Uh, but it's also true for small things to most people. Uh, that to most people might not seem like a big deal. When Sokin inherited a car from her brother, she found that she was just wasn't strong enough to pry off the old license plates alone. Yeah. You don't need a man until you need a man, right? Even with the right screwdriver. Yeah, you don't need a man until you need a man. And then it's like, oh, crap, I need a man. And you don't have one. It's too late because it's, you're 50 years old and you have all this stuff going on. And see, I often think about things like that. Yeah, who's going to open the pickle jars for you? Who's going to open the, the, jam, the peanut butter and the jam jars for you? You think about this. Who's going to fix your sink? Who's going to fix your toilet? You, you inherited this car. Who's going to do the work on the car? You want to spend more money that you could um, that you could invest. You want to spend more money taking a car to the mechanic. Okay. Let's see. Most men are stronger. Period, and they can help with things that you might not be able to do. That's absolutely true. Absolutely, absolutely. But hey, being single over fifty is great, right? Let's see. And that kind of stuff only looms larger as you get older. I took care of my mother when she was sick. I'm not going to have that, Sokin says. To tell you the truth, that might be the one thing that I'm a little concerned about. Uh, yes, that would be a big concern, as I've been saying all through this week. Um, as you get older and you don't have, you're not going to have some that person there to take care of you, 
you're single, you're 50, now you're 60, now you're 63, like Valerie Bertinelli, and you, you're headed into your 70s. Who's going to be there to take care of you? You don't have you don't have a man. You're single. You don't have any children. These women don't have any children. Who's going to be there? And then who's going to be there when they die? Again, are they going to have their cats? I addressed the cat issue, I think, or I addressed the cat issue in one of these two shows, one of my two past shows, but that's just not something you want somebody to find. Let's see. You don't have kids to reap the rewards of their company. For better or for worse. But honestly, kids are a blessing. And um, my two kids are my two kids. They are my heart. Like everybody says, my kids are my world. It's true. Um, now, again, I provide for my kids. I try to guide my kids. I don't tell my kids what to do. Well, my little boy, I have to I have to straighten his rudder every now and then, right? However, if he does the right thing, I leave him alone. And he knows this. So when he does the right thing, he knows I leave him alone. If he starts to veer off the course a little bit, I have to take him and put him back on the course. And sometimes that involves a tiny amount of pain. But then again, he under pain is kind of his language. Pain is his coin of the realm right coin of the realm right now to these three. So again, if you make things a little bit physically uncomfortable for him, he'll get the point that, you know, okay, I'm kind of on the wrong course here. Let me straighten up. And it's already it's the rewards are already being reaped because he's learning to he's learning how to, how to express apologies for things that he does. So it's working. Let's see. You don't have kids to reward reap the rewards of their company. Even if you know for sure that you don't want children of your own, you might still get the occasional occasional case of FOMO. Uh the playfulness of kids is what you don't get. When I babysat for my friends, um, when I babysat my friends' kids, uh, it was nice to see. It was nice to see and be a part of. Sulkin says, but it was also nice to to give them back. <laughs> and if you feel the maternal instinct kick in, there are other ways to satisfy the very human need to want to care for someone. I see my work as a maternal process. Mahar says, which is bad because as a therapist, you're not supposed to get too intertwined or too involved into your patients. You're just not, you're just not supposed to. It's bad business. Uh, let's see. This is my work as a maternal process, Bahar says. I think my maternal instinct helps my clients empower themselves to be confident, strong, healthy, and accepting of who they are. I think that's cat, but whatever. Let's see. You might feel bad about how your decisions affect others, specifically your own parents. Even if they never pestered you about when you were going to get married to have kids, you can still end up feeling guilty about not giving them grandchildren. My mother would have been an awesome grandmother, Sulkin says. Fortunately, her next-door neighbor had four little girls, so it became like a surrogate grandmother to them, which I don't understand the whole justification of that because she's literally saying that it's okay that I've denied my parents the joy of having grandchildren, but it's okay because she's got her neighbor's kids. Like, it's not the same. It's literally not the same. I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. Like, okay, you're narcissistic, you're selfish, right? And this, I think, no, no, this is the other one. This is not part. This is Sulkin. Sulkin is the, let me scroll up a little bit. Uh, if I, re, let me re, remind myself of which one. Uh, Sulkin... Therapist Lisa Bahar, she's a California-based therapist. I don't think Sokin, does Sokin say what she did? 
Is he feeling, oh, she's a running coach. Okay, so I get it. I'm understanding now. This Sulkin chick is very selfish. And again, she only thinks she only thinks of herself and she doesn't and she doesn't she didn't really think of how her decision would affect people like her parents. Her parents are going to die now without having the joys of having grandchildren because of because she doesn't want to have children, but it's okay because the neighbors have children, you know. And you can just go use theirs if you ever feel that no, that is not the neighbor's children is not blood of their blood and flesh of their flesh, and this is what you don't understand. And you're not gonna you're not going to get this until you get to your parents' age and then you see your neighbors with their grandchildren and then the sting of it is gonna hit you, but it's gonna hit you worse because you don't have you decided not to have a daughter or a son who can even have who even has the prospects of having grandchildren. So that's gonna hit you even worse, okay? It just is. Let's see. Um, so yeah, you may you may feel just a little bit bad about that, but you're gonna feel worse, even worse, when you realize that, yeah, you may have denied your, you may have denied your grand your parents the opportunity to be grandparents, but you also denied yourself the chance of even having kids, much less grandchildren, and that's gonna sting you when you're sitting in your house all alone. You're seventy years old and you just have your one or two or three cats. Let's see. Being alone is different from being lonely. Though the two do go hand in hand. Let's see. You might not have that built-in partner for you might not have that built-in partner for weddings or parties or always have someone to kiss on New Year's Eve. And it's, it goes even deeper than that. Because again, if this if this is just boiling being married down to just having a partner on New Year's Eve or I mean having a kiss somebody kiss on New Year's Eve or going to a party with somebody it's overly simplistic it really is being married and having being in a serious relationship is much more than that is having somebody there is having somebody there to hold when you go to sleep because that's very therapeutic is having somebody there to to bounce things off of and to if you need to unload to unload on them again they're not an emotional dump but if you if there's something going on that you absolutely need to express yourself, they're there for you. They're there for that. And they can give you that valuable feedback and support. It's much more than just going to parties and kissing somebody or having somebody kiss on New Year's Eve. Hell, you can go I was single and I was and I had that. So again, it's not about that. It's about having somebody that actually loves you and and you love and that loves you back and will support you and will prop you up. Uh, let's see. Um, you always have a you always have a date when you're married. You always have a date when you're not though. It's not about having a date. Again, it's about and again it's about growing old together and having somebody to take care of you in your later years. A cat won't be able to take care of you in your later years. Let's see, those instances will be few or far between. In general, you'll enjoy the rich relationships you have with both your single friends and the ones who are married, and you'll relish time spent by yourself. I've learned how to avoid de depending on others, which is going to go away when you're 70, because you're really going to come to depend on others when that age hits. May not be now, but you're not looking into the future. Let's see, I learned how to avoid depending on others, which has created life skills that are unique in a significant way, Bahar says. I'm not afraid of being alone. Not now, but just wait. And that was the end of that article.
again, it's a very irresponsible article. Um, and it just speaks to, it speaks to the selfishness and narcissism that, just, let me adjust here. It speaks to the selfishness and narcissism that plagues a lot of women, a lot of modern women. Now, to be 50 years old, to be over 50 and thinking this way, the prospects of a happy future are nil for those two women, all right, for Bahar and Sulkin. The prospects of a healthy, happy future, are it's, it's nil. And they'll see that when they're 50, but they'll damn sure see that when they're 60, and they'll really see it when they're 70, when they're staring death in the eyes. Now, again, the average age, the average age of, the average lifespan of a human female now is about 84 years, give or take, depending on medical advancements in their particular region. However, the point still remains, right? Once you hit your 80s, what do you have? What do you have? So I pulled up a few TikToks and let's see, I want to go through some and see what women actually have to say because we heard from Prevention Magazine, right? And we did, excuse me, we did that whole thing. Well, let's see what some 50-year-old women who are still single and staring down the staring down the barrel of this. Let's see let's hear what they have to say. Uh here's one. Let's see. Let's get some sound here. I just watched a post, a TikTok post of a woman who um said everything that I'm thinking but I've never shared and um I uh it's about being older and being single and not having children. It's pretty hard. It's harder um, to say. And I never speak out about it. Um, it's a difficult thing knowing that you're living this life without children and without anybody there. I'm single. Um, dating has been tough and um, being in a relationship is extinct. Uh, a little while back, a few weeks ago, I suffered a mild heart attack and I had to take an Uber to the hospital, to the ER. Okay, let's cut and this right being here. a nurse, um, um, I had a feeling it I, was a... There we go. Um, so this, this is one of the more serious cases, all right? And this is another thing a lot of these women, especially the two women in the magazine, Bahara Sulkin, they don't understand because it didn't happen to them yet. This woman had a heart attack. She didn't have a husband and she didn't have kids. Now, a couple of commenters, Hansley Lennox and Moat Shark, both, um, both modern women probably, it says, you can still have children and still feel all alone. Believe me, that's not the point. All right. It happens even when you're married and have children. That is not the point. The point is that if you don't have a husband, see, Hensley Lennox and Moat Shark, if they had a heart attack, they have somebody there who can take them to the hospital and be there at their bedside. This lady here, uh, Wonder Woman, she doesn't. Um, those two women, um, Behar and Sulkin, they won't. 
So again, if they had a heart attack and it wasn't catastrophic with um, Wonder Woman, so she was able to take, get an Uber, which when you have a heart attack, the Golden Five is everything and the Uber will show up in five minutes. She's lucky she's still alive, right? Because if she wasn't able to call, if it was catastrophic and she wasn't able to call that Uber, nobody would have known that she would, she had died for a couple of days. And if she has cats, and the cats needed to be fed, I'm just saying. And that's a sad reality for a lot of, um, for a lot of these single over 50s. And that's what, um, that's what um, they failed to, that's what they failed to fail to mention. Let's see. Let's see what she says. All right. Um, this one is at Christy Millsaps on TikTok. Let's see what she says. Let's get. Let's. Oh, we gotta rewind it, huh? Dang it. Okay, here we go. Under fifty, just keep going because you won't even understand what I'm about to say. Have you ever, older generation? I hate to use the word older, but anyway. Um. Have you ever been like super, super excited about something and anxious to get dressed up and go have fun and then something catastrophic happens and it kind of throws a wrench into things? And when I say catastrophic, I mean you sneeze and you're not standing the way you should be standing when you sneeze and you throw your back out. That's me right now. That's me. Although I do feel a little cute. I do I do have my my sassy boots on. Can you see them? See, here's a that's a this is a classic example of what I was talking about when um the collision of how you think of your how women think of themselves as this young goofy girl who wants to go out and have fun because she still thinks that she's 20, 25 versus the reality of what is in the mirror when she looks into it or what happens with her body, what is happening with her body. Valerie Bertinelli, she expressed the same sentiments. In her brain, she is one thing, and reality says she's something completely different. And again, the reality of that is hitting this woman right here. Let's see, um, who's next? Hey, do you want to hang out tonight? Yeah, sure, what time were you thinking? I gotta run home real quick, so why don't we meet up around nine o'clock? Nine o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listen, once my skin clears up and I lose 20 pounds, shave my legs, and learn how to properly do my eyebrows, and get a whole new wardrobe, comb my hair, and become mentally stable, it's going to be over for all of you bitches. Listen, once my skin clears up... <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And the thing is how, uh, how, women, how a woman feels that she's single in her 50s. And it's true, right? Like, again, like I said, this, you, you have to... Well, women feel like they have to marry up what they feel in their mind with what reality says that they are. And they're not that young, good-looking, they're not the young, goofy, good-looking girl who can go out and just have fun and just pull men anymore. Now when they're in the mirror, they see all these wrinkles and the weights the weight come in and settle in and makes, it makes the little pockets in your skin and, and your body's all out of shape and... Things are sagging, and again, it's just when reality hits, and that perfectly encapsulates that. It really does. Let's see. Oh, it's Friday night, and I have nothing to do. Let's see. Oh, the scroll is off. Oh, My kids are all grown. Game. Hang on. It's Friday night, and I have nothing to do. 
single. My kids are all grown, out of the house. Three of them live out of state. One of them lives here, um, but I just spent the evening with them last night with my son and my grandkids and um, had fun with that. But tonight it's Friday and I want to do something. Um, backstory, I dated a guy for seven and a half years and during those years I neglected my friends and did not make new friends. Um, there we go. So again, she may, excuse me, um, she makes her own problems, right? I always say women, you make your own problems. Her problem here is twofold that she made. One, she didn't, she didn't bother making friends in the seven years that she, that she, um, that she was with this guy. And then mistake number two was not playing his game and actually breaking up with him to the fact that to the point now she's, she's over 50 and single. You see how she creates her own issues. She creates her own problems here. And now she's complaining about it. Um, ma'am, if I may be, let's see, your name is at Renita, Renita underscore Kalavig. So R-E-N-I-T-A underscore K-A-L-E-V-I-G. So that's her, that's her TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, go ahead and go, go give her a follow. But, um, she created, you created your own problem, ma'am. And you created your own problem in a twofold manner. Number one, again, you neglected, actually, you have three problems here. Number one, you neglected your you neglected your friends and you failed to make new ones. That's number one. You set yourself up for that. You set yourself up for being alone. Number two, you were in a relationship for seven and a half years. Why didn't you flip yourself and turn yourself into what the guy wanted to marry? That's number two. And a lot of a lot of women will take umbrage to the fact that I'm saying that. Well, guess what? In order to stave off being alone. When you're 60, 70 years old and face the prospect of death with nobody around you. Now, this woman has kids, but their kid, as she said, her kids all out of the house, probably moved out of state into college or whatever. So for all intents and purposes, it's just her. And when she's 70 years old and she's, a, she's not going to be able to tell, call her kids and tell you, well, I'm about to die. Maybe under certain circumstances. But, most, but mostly you just... The angel just comes and takes you, right? At that point, when you're when you have nobody around you and the angel comes and takes you, what happens then? Your kids won't know. Somebody has to do a welfare check on you, and it's gonna be a few days later. Again, I'm not gonna bemoan that point, right? Because the cats and stuff. I'm not gonna bemoan that point. But understand, women, you're making your own problems at this point, at this point. You really are with your decisions. And the third problem is the fact that, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it's math. The math, it's a mathematical, it's almost a mathematical certainty that you are not, again, are not invested in any kind of portfolio so that other people have to take care of your, your funeral expenses when you die and you strapped your kids with that burden. And if you child, and if you're unmarried and childless, because you didn't think that, Getting married and children was for you because you wanted to just do your own thing and be your own woman. Well, then now, now what? Now what after you die? Because who's going to pay for your funeral? What's going to happen with the disposition of your body? Who makes that decision? Nobody ever, nobody ever asks these questions. It's just, wow, I'm single and I'm free and I'm over 50 and it's great. But what about 30 years from now? 
So yeah. Anyway. Uh no, let's do one more. I wanna do one more. Let's see. Um see please don't skill give me a chance. My name is Stella. I'm from California. Uh write how old you are and where you are from. Maybe we can get to know you better. No. Thank you. How I sleep at night knowing and she's dancing around. How I sleep at no knowing I'm single in my fifties. Excuse me, Conrad. This cold is not going away easily. Um not putting up with anybody's BS. Looking forward to my next anxiety vacation with my girlfriend. You see how it's all about the now? Excuse me. This is being facts, excuse me. This is news redhead. Again, it's all about now. Oh, that's water. Please. <laughs> my throat is now itching. Wow, okay. I gotta wrap this up soon. Um, how I sleep at night. So you see how it's all about now. She doesn't think thirty years down the road. She doesn't think what about when I'm seventy, what's going on here? What I'm gonna do, uh when I'm looking at the prospects of dying alone. Yeah, you're dancing around now, but it's not gonna be as funny when you when you're actually staring down the barrel of that barrel of that happening to you when you're seven in your seventies and eighties. And the fact that you're so happy. Well, uh, let me back it up a little bit because I need to go on a rant here. So let me let me shut this down real quick. I need to go on a rant here because that little video, that last little video inspired it. And I'm going to end on this note. If you're that happy that you're single in your 50s, if you're that happy, you're dancing around and you're thinking, oh, my God. Let's see. Let's go back to what the message is. Spitting fact Tuesday. How I sleep at night knowing I'm single in my 50s and not putting up on anyone's BS. Um, looking forward to my next anxiety vacation with my girlfriends. That's fine and good for right now. But, but you're still acting. Again, this is acting like, this is acting like, again, you're that young, goofy girl who's going to get a man whenever she wants. It's not exactly true. And when she's ready, and she starts looking, she, the reality of dying alone is going to start to creep in. And then she's going to be like, oh, my God, I better get a man and actually try to get married and have somebody that I can finish out my years with. It's not going to be in the cards for her because it's too late. She's not realizing this. Her romantic, her romantic life is over. And she's not going to realize it for another eight or nine years. That's fine. I don't know how old she is. I don't know how old Ms. Redhead is. It's underscore Ms. Redhead. Yeah, underscore Ms. Redhead on TikTok. I don't know how old she is. However, when she's in her 60s, she's going to realize this. She's going to have a Valerie Bertinelli moment. I think I'm going to start calling it that. She's going to have a Bertinelli moment. And she's going to realize that when she's wasting her time making videos for TikTok, talking about vacations that she's not really taking, Instead of trying to secure the whatever years he has left, it is pretty irresponsible. And again, it's not going to hit her. And when it hits her, then she'll be on TikTok, just like this lady here, Stella.malt, saying, Please scroll through my video. Give me a chance. My name is Stella from California. This is going to be Ms. Redhead in about 10 more years, except nobody's really going to be interested because she literally has nothing to offer anybody else. She really doesn't. Again, you're past the point where you're bringing in any tables to the table. You just you lack the capacity to do it, so you don't have anything to offer anybody. So you're just going to die alone, and that's basically what it is. 
I'm ABC. Thanks for listening. You can catch me on social media. Um, Facebook is the biggest one that I use. I have three presences on Facebook. My personal, my personal YouTube, YouTube, my personal Facebook. Uh, I think it's Jesse Ramsey seventy six or something like that. I really should pull it up and see what see what it really is. But so there's that. There's my public page, which is Jesse Ramsey ABC, and then there's my there's the shows page, which is the ABC podcast, right? So you can search any of those. Let's see. Yeah, jesse.ramsey.79. There it is. jesse.ramsey.79. That's my Facebook one. I have Jesse Ramsey ABC and ABC Podcast, both of those. If you go by Jesse Ramsey ABC or ABC Podcast, drop a like. It doesn't really cost anything. Just click the dang button, please. Um, and you get the. And if you follow the show, you'll get the show's updates and things. I'm on... X notice Twitter. You can follow me there. Though I don't do much, I do more on Truth and Truth Social than I do on X for Twitter. And I'm at J Ramsey ABC on X. And matter of fact, any social media, pull up, uh, search for at J Ramsey ABC. And if I'm there, I'm there. If I'm not, then I'm not. As far as the show is concerned, um, you catch me on Block here on Block Talk Radio. Just bookmark this page. I'm scaling down my, I'm scaling down my presence on SoundCloud. So, you know, it is that is what it is. But you can catch this show on Apple Podcasts. So go to if you have an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, it's absolutely free, and then you'll get to hear all these episodes. Just my the one favor I always ask everybody is please, if you do follow me and you do get my updates on, on Apple Podcasts, when that update hits, wait like an hour because I always process the audio and Upload the higher quality audio to Blog Talk Radio because Blog Talk Radio's audio is is what it is. So I always like to upload the higher quality audio for my Audacity. So just wait an hour and then and then listen. Or if you do listen, you can always listen again. I'm not I I I'm not complaining at all. Anyway, that's it. ABC. Thanks for listening. I do this again every day, every weekday from eleven to twelve, and Saturdays from four to six. So come on back and we'll do this. And as always. I'm ABC. I love you guys. Peace. I'm out. You don't know me. Remember, the future is whatever you make of it. Now go out there and make the dating world a better place.